Where's your M1 Mac Mini? It's upstairs. It's not portable. Sure, <laughs> it's portable, and the monitor and the cable and, and the power supply. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, not gonna happen. Most so. portable, portable ever. You just gotta like wire up a little Raspberry Pi with a screen or something. I don't know. Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps Podcast. So I wrote a blog post about searching for files. That's my huge milestone for 2021. Searching for files? Yeah. In backups or just in general? I know, like active storage, like... Where is this sound effect for you know media production yeah. in general? But I mean, it could be anything. But I have there's so many different storage locations these days now for uh, my editors that uh, um, Spotlight on on XN works great when it works, and when it doesn't, it just like okay, it doesn't work. Right. Right. And so they've been using like Easy Find, which is a free app from Devon Technologies, and yep. that works really good. But it does search like when you want it to search like. At the moment, at the in, you know, it's like a real it's time, real thing. time, real time yeah. searching, right? exactly. So that yeah, doesn't give the, you real time results. <laughs> and the, the the paid version of that will do uh, the database and and whatnot, but it's yeah. I, th- I thought free. they had a paid version. I looked again on the website, and I just didn't didn't see it. It was like there was a bunch of other apps, and um, but in the, in the interim, anyway, I stumbled on this Foxtrot app. It has a cute little name. I think they're it's from a Swiss company, but. It, it basically searches, indexes, and then has an app, a really nice Mac app and an iOS app that you basically talk to the server or you can run it standalone, like just as a standalone app. But uh, in our case, because there's lots of users, you can run it as a server and they just point the app to the server, even works over VPN, which, and that nice. was what kind of inspired my uh, blog post because I, I had the devil of the time trying to get it to work through the VPN. And um, part of it was misunderstanding on my part. Part of it was the... There is no documentation, so I had to like, huh? <laughs> you know, Would, and yeah. part of it was, you know, lots of discussions with network and security types. But it's like, oh, I need a port. Okay, no problem. I'll get that port forwarded. No problem. You know, go through the VPN. Um, yeah, now it doesn't really work, huh? Go look for documentation. Is there any documentation? They have a user form. No, no answer to my question. There's no documentation. It's like, hmm. Finally, find an email for the developer. I'm like, so what are you doing? He's like, oh, well, you need a port for every index that you have. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, where is that written down anywhere in the non-existent documentation? <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna blog it. You know, I've, 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 you know, it's a very simple thing, but I just managed to figure out a few things, and then I started playing with Netcat again. I'd been a long time since, you know, like when Telnet got discontinued, and people were like, oh, we can do all the cool stuff with Netcat with NC. So right. I rediscovered that. I'm like, oh yeah, NC. Like, because I was like, how do I tell if these ports are open through the VPN? Like, how do I tell? Like, you know, it wasn't it's not obvious. I'm not going to just end map the entire, you know, so and then cats yeah. built in. So it was just like, oh, yeah, here I can easily tell this one port's open, but these aren't. And then finally, when they were I'm like, oh, now I can test. They are all open. And I'm like, yeah, and it, it looks really nice and indexes really well. And uh, yeah, now that it works through the VPN, because, yeah, it's like, oh, everybody's nobody's in the office anymore. So that's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> 
and it's got a nice little native app, which is great. But then, you know, and then you talk about all these ports to Ford. I'm like, oh, I wish it was a web app and it could just port a Ford 443 or something like make it HTTPS, you know, but uh, so, you know. Yeah, you have to what tunnel that through an SSH tunnel. Yeah, I mean, I have to SSH tunnel my VNC through, uh, but yeah. So, you know, when you figure out even the tiniest little thing, you feel like you need to share it. And I, uh, I saw Howard Oakley had put this really, uh, he's always got a million awesome blog posts and he had put a blog post. He's like, my number one most asked question is not how come I'm so smart. It's how do I graph and diagram all these cool blog posts? And so he posted the app that he uses. It's called Scapple. And I just saw that and I was like, that is so cool. And so I downloaded Scapple and made this little diagram about, you know, all the different storage types, NAS and SAN and everything. And then just started diagramming away. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I got a diagram. Now I can start the blog post, you know, it's like, nice. Are you going to share your diagram? Where is oh, it? It's on his blog post. Yeah. It's it's super quick. I mean, I've used OmniGraffle for years and I've done I use it for like tons of like network diagrams and stuff, but this was much 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 quicker to just quickly just go, here's a couple boxes, here's quick colors, boom, arrows and you know, I did it in like literally 2 minutes. It was super quick. Um and an OmniGraffle for all its amazing like Swiss army knife of tools like Photoshop. I'm just like there's too many tools and too many things and but anyway, yeah, Scapple. I just saw it on Ho Howard uh, Oakley's blog, and he, he writes these in-depth articles about paintings and Mac like system like level like you know how does your Mac boot? What's you know what's going on? And he always has these great like flow charts and diagrams. And I was saying yeah. Chris that he posted about what he's always asked what app does he use, and he uses this app called Scapple. And I just had to to try it out to to do this blog post about storage and files and. I used OmniGraffle a lot until Unify came out with a network designer, and now I don't use OmniGraffle anymore. Okay, okay. Mm. Well, I use I use Miro, so I'll 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 give you an unsolicited shout out to Miro. Okay, it works really, really, really well. I really like it. I would likely not give it up. It does great things. It's essentially an infinite whiteboard, but it will do diagrams like this. Yeah, I think uh, our hedge friends, Paul and uh, Jasper, were talking about it. How they said when the pandemic hit, they quickly took pictures of all their whiteboards and then <laughs> translated them to Miro and then, you know, haven't looked back. So it's just. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do without it. It's, it's indispensable as far as a whiteboard replacement. It's the best I've seen. And the user experience is really good. They've sweated the details, which is great. Nice. In my case, I just needed a quick diagram for a blog post. And uh, yeah. It's, it's fun to share, uh, you know, when you figure out tiny little things. But one of the problems I had with EasyFind when I, we were using it, it was basically, it seems like it was developed for programmers. So they have like all these like file types you can exclude or include, and they're all different source files and programming files. And so like when I'm searching for like this like sound effect for a, an alarm, I get like all these like .h like files and I can like turn on and off like all these other ones. But when I was using Foxtrot, basically they're just like, oh, you don't want source code or mail messages in your search, then don't index them at all. And thought that was really handy. And then when you find something, it literally goes, oh, 900 of your results are mail messages, but do you want to hone in on like the audio files? And oh, out of the audio files, do you want WAV files or CAF files or MP3s or? Wow. 
Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been, it's been weeks and months in the searching to try and find an app that my editors can use to find stuff across sand volumes, NAS uh, shares, cloud volumes, everything. It just searches everywhere um, instantly. So it's, it's really nice. And yeah, when you have a lot of files. And now that they are found, they're no longer lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no. no, sing it, JD, sing it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you are a yeah. sound file. You are found now. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the Mac DevOps podcast, where Matt rediscovers old commands he used to know. Netcat, ping a range of ports on an IP. I was like, oh yeah, I think I remember. I used to do that. Maybe kind of. Oh, it's the, new the to me again. The rest of us install Nmap because we're well, too lazy. Yeah, but if Netcat's already there, so it's good to know that you can do it. But. Um, yeah, today on our uh, podcast, we're uh, talking to JD, the uh, master of all. Um, yeah, what are you the master of again? Sorry, documentation, documentation, master, documentation. master, master of docs, and our amazing and beautiful and uh, very uh, grisly uh, guest this week is Chris. COVID has taken its, its turn for the worse here. <laughs> what is going on, Chris? Thank you, Matt, for that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> introduction. I'm just going to say introduction. There's no adjectives that that words fail me. To to give the visual here, uh, Matt lacks any facial hair or hair on his head, while Chris and and I both have facial hair and yeah. and hair on our head. This is not the beard cast. What's going on? <laughs> Didn't you know it's neck beards? We're doing ah. a new podcast called Neck Beards. The white beards. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going past the ironing board and on to neck beards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thanks. Thanks for joining new, us Matt? today, Chris. What's new? How many how many Zoom meetings have you had today? <sighs> Seven, six. <laughs> I don't know. My record is I think is eight or nine. I think. Wow. Ouch. That that is like death by Zoom meetings. Yeah. You kind of get zoomed out. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, I think I, I, I did a remote storage setup uh, a few weeks ago, and it was like a four-hour straight Zoom meeting, or I think it was a Google chat meeting, but it was a four-hour straight meeting where people were talking, and, and it was just like, that was that was long. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they have their place, but I, I'm now devolving into any chat that I get into on Teams more than 15 or 16 characters. I immediately call the person on audio only. And then just quickly sort things out, get on to the next thing. But starting up a full-on Zoom or Teams or whatever video chat, yeah, it just—it's a time suck, man. I don't know. I need—I need a better way to get out of these meetings. I mean, amongst all the other things that we have to teach these young kids these days, but one of them is in this synchronous communication called audio telephony. Um, there's so many texts I get now that I'm not nearby some of my clients, and they're just texting me back and forth or. Sometimes emails back and forth, but it seems like a lot of texts and a quick phone call can solve a problem. What? What Many are you doing? Yes. What? What is your issue? What? How can I help? <laughs> I think that's where you just uh, command Q Zoom and then text them after the fact. Sorry, my Zoom connection must have dropped. I think we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have an experiment where I screenshot it myself in Teams. And I'm going to use that as my background and turn my camera off. So see if, if anybody notices that I'm staying perfectly motionless for. I think for that was that early, early trick of uh, quarantine COVID where all the kids in classes were 
being required to keep their cameras on. So they would just screenshot and take a picture of themselves and <laughs> just be in class when they didn't have to be. Wow. So I'm less tricky than a 12 year old. Okay. That's well, fine. I think yeah, ideas evolve, you know, in parallel in different beings at different lengths of time. <laughs> we all rediscover the same tricks. It's a journey of discovery, <laughs> a journey of discovery. <laughs> Indeed. And you have been discovering a lot of things lately, uh, my friend. You have a new M1 MacBook Pro. Yes, I'm not going to talk about all the other things. It is so awesome, except for all the dev stuff that doesn't work yet. Yay. <laughs> what what does work? Uh, Zoom. Zoom works. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you do these days. You're not an engineer anymore. Yeah, that's you're, right. a, you're a manager of yeah, ideas. Yeah, pusher, pusher of email. Um, I, I have the 16 gig, 13 inch, and it is quite lovely. I, I love how zippy it is. I love how my 2010 laptop seems so slow in comparison with it. Eight gig. Well, that and one was core two duo. Yeah. Core two duo. Didn't even run <laughs> Docker. So, so it was, it was awesome though. Cause as soon as I got my new MacBook, uh, I was like, all right, I can finally run Docker. Then I go and check Docker and it says, we do not have support for M1 Max yet. Stay but tuned. But we did. <laughs> but we did. So it was like my old one was too old to run the cool tools, and my new one was too new to run the cool <laughs> tools. So I was like, hmm, wait a minute. This isn't right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's still either. weirdness with uh, machine learning library stuff like TensorFlow is there's something funky going on. So there's still things I can't do, can't do right now. So I'm stuck in, in GCP Ubuntu land to do some development right now. But otherwise, was GCP? it's slick, man. It's, it's, it's zippy. It starts up really fast and everything. GCP nice. is great. The G's and the C's and the P's are all right beside each other still. So it's all good. I follow uh, some some engineers and people from Tailscale, um, kind of a startup using WireGuard Mesh VPN, and they they were they, there was this interesting conversation about AWS versus GCP, and they were just saying that GCP had the better tech, but AWS had better support, if you could even say that. But they said with GCP, unless you're flashing huge bills of money, you weren't getting any support, and it was very difficult. Um, mm. But you know, and there's just there's different feels and <laughs> feelings from different uh, startups and other companies using either or and, um, and yeah, I'm just yeah. using it for devs, so I'm assuming zero support. So I just yeah, I just do stuff and then Google and then do more stuff. So yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming zero support. Home, GCP is Google Cloud Platform, right? Something like that. Right. Yes. You guys and your acronyms. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Zoom's not an acronym. That's a word. I used that word earlier today. So come on. <laughs> yeah, we we live by and die by TLAs. Three-letter um, acronyms. When our cloud providers are three-letter acronyms, yes, AWS, Amazon Web Services. And Azure, and, there's another yeah. three-letter acronym. That's oh, wait. Awful Zulu. Wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think that one's an acronym. Oh, well. It was a nice, yeah. it was a nice meme while it lasted. But uh, so how is uh, how is uh, GCP for you're just doing some dev tests and production to spin up some Ubuntu? VMs yeah, I'm, I'm playing with this uh, machine learning environment for doing conversational assistance called Rasa 
or Raza, depending on whom you asked how to pronounce it. And it's super cool and super powerful. And it allows you to train, essentially train chatbots with a variety of like customized training pipelines. It makes it relatively straightforward, even for idiots like me who are not data scientists and are not machine learning gurus. So it's a really amazing uh, setup. And uh, yeah, if you're into any of that stuff, I highly recommend you checking them out. R-A-S-A, Rasa. Nice. So you spend most of your day talking to uh, bots. Well, oh, um, and then am there's I the not devout. talking to one? Oh, well, wait a minute. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, this is video. Okay, sorry. Yeah, he, he feeds Ouch. the bots. He doesn't talk to them. Feed yeah, the trolls. Exactly. Feed the trolls. Yeah, Twitter's just become too nice now that, uh, you know, people, certain people have been kicked off, you know, the platform. It's just, it's just too nice. Is that possible? No, it's not too mm. nice. Yes, social media. Yay. <laughs> so the M1 Mac, it's been good, except for I think Docker is supported now. It is now. Yeah. And they're adding stuff. And to be fair, there is a TensorFlow dis, uh, the, uh, branch that Apple put together that works apparently quite well, but the stuff I'm using doesn't support it yet. So it's just, you know, stuff mm -hmm. needs to downstream. I'm sure in a month or so, it'll all be super awesome. But yeah, I'm very happy with it right now. I like the instant on off. I'm not a fan of the touch bar, though. I have to admit, now that I've lived with the touch bar for a while, I kind of like a button because, you know, basic things like changing the screen brightness, key brightness and volume, I would just like to be able to go, you know, up, 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 down, 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 and just be done with it rather than touching it to reveal a slider sliding and then dismissing it. So, so yeah. do you sit there like Air Force One and just slowly crack it open to watch it turn on immediately and then close it again? I think we have to show them that famous picture. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I've spent many an hour just in a darkened room pushing <laughs> it up, doing it down, pushing it. I, I, do, I do appreciate the near instantaneous unlocking, especially if you have it set to unlock with your watch. Uh, oh, yeah. machine. Have you tried that yet, Chris? Uh, oh. With my watch, I did. I did. Oh, no. But my my um, automatic uh, Seiko uh, <laughs> from nineteen seventy three. Yeah, I, I tried wiggling it and and going computer to the watch, and but that didn't do anything. So I, I'm going to check the with mouse. the Apple. You have to hold the mouse and say computer. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to check with the Apple knowledge base articles and and enter the brand of my watch and just see if my watch is compatible with with Big Sur. It probably nice. is. It's in the roadmap somewhere, I'm sure. You're a Luddite. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be said of all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Matt's just jealous that he has yet ventured into M1 territory. Yeah, no, no M1s for me. No uh, ARM-based uh, Apple Silicon Macs for me. No. Yeah. Oh, I would say the big thing is I've I've uh, ran with a 2019 uh, Mac laptop, and the fan would drive me crazy. I'm got a sort of audio music background, so for better or for worse, I can't really stop hearing things. And this thing is as silent as silent as could be. It's been awesome. I really really like that about it. Yeah, nice. my, uh, my Intel laptop, which granted was 2012, consistently ran at 100 degrees Celsius, the processor, all the time. And yeah. I think my the, the Mac Mini M1 maybe tops out at 40 degrees Celsius, which is a vast improvement. Mm -hmm. I really have not gotten the fan up and running in that. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that that spot, sort of top left hinge corner where the hinge for the screen is, that would be like really uncomfortably warm to the touch, and it is, you know, a little bit above room temperature, and the rest of the the laptop is is just cool. It's just not now, no no you, temperature how do you warm issues. Warm your carton donut. <laughs> well, you know, I, I contract that out. I phone up Matt and I say, "Go to Cardums." He goes, "No," and pseudo go to Cardums. And he goes, "Okay." That's a old joke. I, I go to Cardums any day for you, Chris. Vegan donuts delivery <laughs> I, service. I know you would. You're you're just too easy that way. You're like donuts. Somebody's in need of donuts. I will deliver donuts. Yes, I have a weakness for donuts. Yes. Can we get this podcast sponsored by Cardums? I think that would be a good idea. I'll, I'll talk to them. Matt. Get on that <laughs> and have them send some down to me too. Head on down to Donutville, vegan Donutville. Yeah. Wow, yeah, <laughs> not maybe, catchy. Not, maybe, maybe not that jingle. <laughs> love, love the creativity. Just a few more versions, maybe. I love okay. the enthusiasm. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> You're not what we're looking for. <laughs> You got a face for radio, Matt. It, it, you got a face it, for radio. It's got a, ni- it's got a nice hook, but you can't dance to it. Oh, I got a face for radio, but I don't have the voice for it. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, yeah, good times, good times. Um, I, I think with my 2017 MacBook Pro, I, I must be, a, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't heard the fans on it too much because I don't really do a lot of heavy lifting with it. But lately I've started doing a lot of Final Cut because. Uh, even though my clients and uh, users are all editors, I don't use Final Cut myself. But now that I've got that really handy dandy uh, bike camera, the Fly Six, I've got all this like bike footage that I've been editing of my near death misses that nobody should want to watch, but sometimes it's fun to edit. Uh, so actually, I, I found capturing from from the camera cards and uh, importing the Final Cut and making proxies. All all that going on at once is I, I hear the fans definitely. So you hear the fans. Is this like Silence of the Fans or similar <laughs> traumatic that's, that's experience? Definitely for the you? theme of the Mac DevOps podcast. Silence of the Fans. I know they're outside. Sorry, we sorry, just don't hear them. I couldn't resist, man. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, if, if you're one of our silent fans, uh, let us know uh, by uh, not emailing us. Uh, we we feel you. Dev Null at Mac DevOps YBR. Yeah, we're not we're not getting old. The world is just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get off our lawn, okay? Uh, so yeah. what's new, JD? So yeah, no. Um, as far as uh, you know, things are things are going. Uh, I had a lot of uh, clients who ordered a, a a lot of machines to play with, uh, um, you know, expenditures and getting getting expenditures on on the books at the end of the year, and all of that equipment has now come in. So now it's setup time. Uh, which is fun and exciting and hair raising or in Matt's case, no hair raising Uh, (laughs) for that. um, Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, just trying to, to uh, stay on, on top of certain industries are expanding like crazy and others are contracting continually, such as our, our hospitality and restaurants and, and things like that. And, trying to help help our, my my clients be creative with the technology that they have so yeah mm. it's been it's been fun i don't don't recommend having another pandemic for another century or two or three really so, i mean i won't be around for it so go right ahead but yeah well i mean 
there's lots of good reasons to be optimistic. We have some saner people in charge of uh, your government now. So uh, good luck. And right. yeah, we finally put the fire out in the meth lab. It's still a meth lab. There's still a lot of <laughs> there's smoke. Still, some, there's still smoke. a lot of smoke and cleanup to do, but the fire's out. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe the fire department's arrived and, uh, you know, it's sort of, it's going to be under control soon, hopefully. But yeah, a pandemic requires everyone to do their best, which, you know, seems laughable sometimes because we're all being challenged. All of our jobs are much more difficult now. It's like whether your job is, teacher or parent or uh, you know whatever you do for work everything is definitely uh, more challenging now i i unlike chris uh, try not to turn my cameras on or any of the cameras on for uh, zoom so uh, i i'm not suffering as much it's not a requirement that we have cameras on so i'm uh, fine i'm totally happy with doing meetings all day long and not having to look at the people that i'm, I'm oh, come on jd you look beautiful it's not my looks <laughs> It's everybody else. Ouch, ouch. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I, I don't know. I, I see two sides of this. Is it, it is a, a, a mandatory great social experiment. You know, all, all this talk of remote work had been kind of nice to have. And so we had so many variants of telepresence and meeting software and special cameras and special TVs. I don't know if you guys remember those setups people would spend tons of money on in the mm -hmm. big meeting room. They'd have the special camera for doing web you know, uh, meetings and things like that. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and you know, that all went out the window and people just had to make do with what they had. And you know, certain companies stepped up to to take on the slack of all of that. And yeah, we're in a different world now where companies who said never remote and then they had to remote. So, you know, when we get back to whatever the new normal is, it's going to be very interesting to see what folks are going to do when they actually have a choice. You know, you could go in or you could not go in because it's all for better or for worse been worked out, you know, as good as it's going to get, I, I would think. I can't imagine uh, doing this, say, 25, 30 years ago. I mean, I remember back in university uh, working on telepresence for classrooms and being able to do remote learning in classrooms. And they literally were like, well, I guess we're going to have to have a camera operator, right? Because wow. the technology for facial recognition and tracking and things like that just didn't exist. And, and even microphone technology uh, you know, and, and being able to isolate sound and background noise and things like that. Uh, it's just come so far in the last 20, 30 years. Uh, I'm so really far, has... but now we don't want to see each other. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I mean, know, back, right? back mm -hmm. in the 90s, you know, to, to, <laughs> to uh, you know, put a, put a, a date on it. Uh, we had talk, you know, Unix talk. We had, you know, IRC, we had chat, we had, you know, there's oh, a lot I'm of ways for the days of IRC. This Slack nonsense is it's just it was, horrible. There was a lot anything. of ways to communicate in the good old days without <laughs> video and audio. Darn it. That, back when you had to go for things instead of Google things, right? Mm -hmm. I yeah, mean, but that was also back when you watched the individual characters appear <laughs> across your screen while you're waiting for the thing the person texted to you uh, actually to, to travel across, you know, across the country or wherever the heck it was. 
Like when we were using Pigeon IP, they tied the note to the pigeon and then <laughs> yeah. let, it, let it go. Yeah, those internet pigeons. I mean, they were like state of the art. They're mostly, <laughs> that's the little known fact is that the, the internet pigeons out of Silicon Valley were marginally faster, which led to the rise of technology centers in Silicon Valley. That's the main reason, actually. They, they were the African pigeons, not the European pigeons a little bit faster and yes there's a hidden monty python reference in there i'll leave it i, I think, exercise I think those african reader. pigeons are non-migratory <laughs> wow yeah only the best news and facts here on this podcast yeah the best made-up facts you can possibly get uh, it's facts with a z facts. yeah uh, we had we had an era of restaurants and and places being named with ending all the names ended in Z and I just I don't get it use an S that's what it's there for uh yes but then you can't trademark it if you create <laughs> if you use a word that is just a real word you know that's like the the grammatical equivalent of all of those logos for a while that had an oval they had sort of an oval around the text with like some sort of zoomy electron thing or something that was like every every logo had that for a while the atom on every logo so what are you doing for fun these days, uh, Chris, besides studying the history of iconog iconography of startup, uh, you know, uh, cyclotron logos? You know? Well, uh, I like to go for bike rides on the weekends with my friends. Nice. That's fun. Nice. Yes. nice. And there's usually coffee and or croissants involved and or chocolate or donuts or other things it's very healthy these bike rides very healthy don't don't get the wrong idea here that, that's the whole point of the bike ride right is so that you can afford the donut or the chocolate <laughs> possibly another characterization would say we rode past these places and it seemed impolite not to stop and support local businesses you know so we're doing our part as it were with very few uh, activities that are, uh, you know, uh, considered safe, uh, biking outside is still one of the ones that you can get out of your house and breathe some fresh air and uh, maybe get some takeout or support a local coffee shop. And uh, I'll have to put some snow tires on my bike right now. Ah, <laughs> I, yeah, I was little, I was biking in I was biking in shorts today, so. Uh, I, I was last week. Uh, it was uh, was about minus three celsius and and I, I have snow pants that i normally ride in nice they work work well for that it was pretty cold last week like i biked on friday morning last week and it was like i was like is there gonna be ice please let there not be any ice and luckily there was not but it was so close i mean um and we did get a lot a lot of rain on the weekend which was snow on the mountain i took the kids skiing because they're like that's the only thing they're allowed to do kind of is to go out onto a mountain. So we tried skiing and that was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Skiing in fresh snow. And Ooh. yeah, it was, it was a lot of effort to get up super early and get up onto a mountain and have all the gear. And then, yeah, uh, but totally worth it um, for happy kids. You know, it's, everyone's having a hard time these days. So <laughs> get the winds where you can, you know, like, wow, what an epic, epic family adventure. Yeah, I still have snowshoeing on my list. I gotta try that. Yeah, yeah. Snowshoeing's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm look I'm looking forward to us having enough snow here in the next week or so to to get back out there and do nice. some snowshoeing. Well, if you get up early enough, Chris, you can go to Mount Seymour at the Dog Mountain and there's a bunch of trails all around there. Uh, but you have to get you have to get there before eight if you need even contemplating 
parking anywhere near there or take the shuttle. There's a shuttle up the mountain too. But... Mm, noted. Thank you. Yes. So did you package up like hot chocolate and uh, trail mix in the little baggies for the, for the yeah yeah time. it was like there was like tea there was coffee there was hot chocolate there was soup and all different like thermoses um and not to be mixed up by anyone and lots and lots of snacks um uh so that we could have some food and uh yeah it was, it was usually we'd get a poutine in the cafeteria after skiing like we did some skiing last year very very little but some but yeah i just don't want to be around people too much not that i don't dislike them and just trying to avoid groups you know and so being outside but yeah, so we had our own, all our food and hot chocolates and coffees and we survived. So, yeah. How, how is the poutine at Seymour? Is this at Seymour? Yeah. After a long, after a long day, which would be anything from one to two to three hours of skiing, you're exhausted. Anything tastes great. But <laughs> Fries, you know, yeah, are always good. <laughs> but uh, Excellent. Yeah. Well, I think we've exhausted all our technical subjects. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did we touch a technical subject? Oh, yeah, we talked about. Uh, we made sure to, to you know, expand a couple acronyms, you know. <laughs> That's the content that people are here for. You know? mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Chris. I know that you're doing lots of cool stuff that you're not at liberty to discuss. So we'll just keep you in mind for the future when you're publicly able to share all the cool stuff you're working on. Um, Very good. Will do. Yeah, we look forward to uh, all the bots that you fed, and <laughs> yeah. hopefully they won't. You you fed them well enough that they won't eat us. Don't, I mean, they'll talk to us. Don't laugh. Part of part of what we're what we're doing, and one of the one of the very cool things about Rasa is is uh, they're big proponents of conversation driven design. So you actually go through several iterations of training. Uh, on your own to develop the bot you don't just write code you actually converse with the bot and then it's learning then you actually have beta testers and they converse with the bot and learns more and then you release it into production and then it's it's like this continuous sort of cycle and uh yeah it's it's interesting slash unnerving actually when you see that this thing is actually learning and evolving and you know i know the tendency to anthropomorphize you know terms like evolving but it 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 does get better which is which is quite quite cool dave i can't let you do that dave dave it's like <laughs> that's a weird coincidence i actually did teach it daisy so it can sing that song so that's that's interesting wow weird coincidence it was built in, built into the bot. I wonder. Hmm. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by weird old movie references. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it was there just yesterday that 2001 came out. Yeah. Oh God. Come on. It's a classic, man. It is. A this classic. has to be your demograph, oh, old weird science fiction movies. Like, come on. Something has inspired, you know, the recent crop of, you know, movies like The Expanse or Battlestar Galactica. I've always wanted to do a mystery science theater 2000, 3000, whatever it is. Something thousand. Mystery science theater 3000. Okay. MST 3K at (laughs) Mag DevOps and play old movies and have us do really stupid, uh, you know, 
the maker, the okay. make fun of the movies. Yes. Like that. Matt's so obviously next time... got dibs on Dave. He gets to do Dave. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> I, we did a, a couple recently, like on Christmas day with some friends that are, we have a Patreon and uh, well, they're Patreon and they basically just did some movie streaming in discord. It was basically like a long running, like, you know, you know, talking while the, you know, like the movie's playing, but uh, we could do a, maybe a, a saner version of that. But uh, I think it's uh, dinner time somewhere, sometime for everyone. So depending on what time you're listening to this podcast, yeah, wherever you are, stop what you're doing and go get some food, eat some dinner, preferably a vegan donut or a vegan burger or just some plants. Go eat some plants. Yeah, have some broccoli for crying out loud. And call your mom while you're at it. (laughs) Yeah, we have hot tips for you. Pro tip: call your mom. (laughs) Pro tips. (laughs) Thank you, uh, Chris, for being a awesome guest. Thank you, JD, for being an understanding, calm, and patient uh, co-host. And uh, love you, man. Love you, too. uh, This is great. I'm going to go get some broccoli right now. I'm inspired. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. If you want to sponsor the Mac DevOps podcast, uh, just give us a shout at hello at mdoyvr.com. We'll be accepting sponsorships for the podcast and for the next year's conference. Thank you to our Mac DevOps YVR 2020 sponsors. Our sponsors for Mac DevOps YVR, the conference 2020. Mac Stadium, our platinum sponsor. Thank you so much for helping us out. Sauce Labs, our gold sponsor. Simple MDM, our silver sponsor. And Adigy, our bronze sponsor, as well as Elastic, our community sponsor. Thank you so much. Uh, We couldn't do it without you, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests. And thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by J.D. Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. I feel like we should just, you know, be inspired by uh, the Team America theme song. You know? Oh, freedom perfect. isn't free. You know? Freedom isn't free. <laughs> That's uh, excellent. I, I'd love to see a PSA with the Team America marionettes, like just walking you through the distancing and the masks and everything. That would be awesome. And also a bazooka launcher scene in the PSA as well. I think that would be great. Well, I, I think the Team America movie is the best being punked ever in a, in a movie because we'd heard when the movie came out that there was going to be puppets or marionettes or something. And then the first scene, there's these like such shitty, crappy marionettes sort of dangling in front of the screen. You're like, oh my goodness. Oh my what? And then it's like, pan, like wide zoom, like pan out, you know, and then like, oh, it's a marionette show in a marionette show. Wah! <laughs> yeah, I watched half of that with one of my kids and yes. Yeah. You had to shut that down. Shut that down. Yeah. <laughs> Good satire, but so yeah.